Hello, and welcome to Punk Goes Pod, the only podcast that chronicles the fearless records Punk Goes Ellipsy series in no discernible order, and by far my favourite podcast. Are we actually recording? Yeah. Huh. That, that was a lot more sudden than I was expecting, and also that was very artificial. It was a little bit, wasn't it? Sort of, hello, you it's, are. It sounds like if you typed it into Microsoft, Sam. Like that. Microsoft Sam. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Microsoft me. Mm-hmm. Microsoft you. Press one to listen to Punk Goes Pod. <laughs> <laughs> what song are we doing this week? This week we are looking at the song Playing Favourites by The Starting Line, which appeared on Punk Goes Acoustic Volume 1. Cool. I feel like this is very fitting weather for acoustic music. It's, you know, raining heavily outside. Yeah. It's it's kind of that stage where it's like... we. I mean, in Australia, we tend to always say, like, never complain about having the rain because we've been hit with droughts. Yeah. At the moment, we're dealing with fires, so never complain about the rain. But then... We had flash flooding with it, so maybe there's some people that can complain a little bit about the rain. Yeah, not us because we didn't get flooded, but yet. <laughs> well, I mean, we're on a we're on the second story, this so is that true. would have to be that would have to be some major <laughs> major inches of water. It yeah. millimeters of water. I just implore anyone who doesn't believe in climate change to I don't know fucking look out the window and see for yourself. Like this is not normal. I mean, this is summer. And we're looking at, it looks like the middle of winter right now. It's just, it's not normal. I I feel like ever since I started Twitter for Punk Goes Pod, like, my worldview is probably more realistic, but just really depressing, because just 24-7 coverage on, like, how fucked climate change is. And I'm just like, oh, cool. But then again. Speaking of the Punk Goes Pod Twitter. Yes. You put up a post that blew up a little bit. I did. Over the weekend. Not at all related to our podcast, but I made an embroidery referencing uh, Daniel M. Lavery's incredible think piece on Untitled Goose Game called I Am the Horrible Goose That Lives in the Town. And yeah, I'm pleased to announce that it has received quite a few likes and some interest. Yeah, so Danny himself liked it, and his wife Grace did as well, so I'm feeling a little bit creepy for being that person who's like, hey, can you like my work please and validate me? But um, yeah, I love the two of them very much. They are wonderful, so I'm glad to have been recognised in that realm, even though it has nothing to do with our podcast, and it's only resulted in maybe one net follower coming out of it. Hey, you know. Look, shout out to that one follower. Um, Maybe they'll start listening to the pod, in which case, we see you. We do. That was was definitely a cool moment. You wanted to chill the podcast a little bit, but that's alright. It's hard when, like, I've essentially just made the Punk Goes Pod account my main as well. I used to have another one, like in journalism class at uni, we were told, oh, you should start a Twitter, you're going to need it. And I started it and then just didn't use it for however many years. Yeah. So I've deleted that one and kept, or well, started the Punk Goes one. But So it's a very messy, like, mishmash of, like, personal interest versus shilling the pod. And you listen to, to Daniel's podcast, Weekly, so you can't yes. get the idea of whether he would be interested in our podcast or not. He probably wouldn't be. Nah, but that's alright. You know, unlike, as I said, this is my favourite podcast because this is the only podcast I listen to every week. Our podcast? Our podcast. <laughs> I have to, for editing purposes. This is true. I listen to it just because I like the sound of our voices. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, any other news and stories and everything good going on at the moment? Mm, not really. I can't think of anything. No more car crashes? No, no. My life has become a lot more boring since the crash. Um, yeah, really nothing to report. Yeah. What about you? I feel like I had something, but... I know, I feel like something was sort of on the tip of my tongue, but obviously not. Yeah. 
This is super exciting for <laughs> everyone listening at home. Well, shall we just get straight into it then? Yeah. I suspect this is going to be a shorty because... Well, there's a topic that we'll get into that's gonna that might take up a little bit of time. But, True. Um, that topic possibly won't be the starting line. No. But they're involved somehow. Yes. But anyway, here's a snippet of the song. I guess the most that I can do is make a call and tell you the truth. Or sing the words in melody and hope that you'll believe me. Here's another song for you. So this one, this one makes two. I still don't know where to begin. I'll just leave it at this. So, Samuel, mm-hmm. I've got to say, we've just sent out save the dates for our wedding. A lot of people are tickled by the fact that you're listed as Samuel on them. Yeah, when I handed out a couple, they were like, oh, Samuel. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's the name. That's the name. Don't wear it Don't out. Don't wear it out. God. Don't wear it down to a nub. Which would be Sam. Yeah, I guess. So, essentially, everyone's already worn it out. Yeah. I'm sorry. I am the mule in Samuel. <laughs> I'm going to start calling you mule. See if it catches on. <laughs> Samuel, or as I Samuel, or as I like to call him, mule. Mule. Mueller. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. You can't really shorten Emma to anything except M or M. M's. Yeah. M's is surprisingly common. Which is quite... Like, I like it. It's kind of endearing. Well, I could say M, but mean it just as the letter M. You could. Or you just, and nobody would know. Or you could... Or they could call me Ma, but that's weird. Yeah, it is a little bit. Hey, Ma. Hey, Ma. I want a cookie. No dice. Um, Samuel. Mm-hmm. Tell us about the starting line, seeing as you did all the research. So, they were formed in... The year of our Lord, 1999. The year of Prince, you mean? Yes, that yeah. was our Lord. Ah, of course. May he rest in peace. From Churchville, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I feel like that that's such a fake name. Like, so what's cool about this town? Oh, it's got a bunch of churches in it. Fuck it, Churchville. Churchville, yeah. I yeah. like it. Or it's our lack of churches, and it's ironic. <laughs> yeah, just a bunch of atheists. Like, <laughs> you call it Churchville. <laughs> Sorry, please keep going. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a longer episode than anticipated because we're just going to jump in and be super funny. I feel like that's what an atheist would call a town, jokingly or ironically, that is full of churches. Like, it's got a, it's got a regular yeah. name, but like, uh-huh, oh, let's call it Churchville. Yeah, or like, I'll just go back to Churchville. <laughs> Great. So, bassist slash vocalist Kenny Vasily was only 14 years old when he received an email from guitarist Matthew K. Watts asking him to rehearse for vocals. Yeah. I I put in bold, what is it about this kind of music that enlists high school kids amongst their midst? It's really funny, looking at amongst and midst, like the style guide in me is saying amongst. I would just write it as among. And I was going to say midst... Also, no, but that wouldn't make sense. It's just mid. There's something about words that end in st- that. Yeah. That's just a fun little editing factoid for you. Protagonist. That's okay. Antagonist. I think it's just the... Short ones. I don't know what it is. It's the ones that aren't ist words, like the... Ngst. Hist. 
But that's not with a D. <laughs> or with a T. <laughs> but yes, I I agree. What is it about this kind of music that enlists high school kids? Yeah, and I mean this was I mean this was at the time of American Pie. True. Um Blink one eighty two, as I said, like I, I feel like I've said it on the podcast. You know, everyone from like probably th- like thirty five and to now has probably had and by to now I mean like teenagers now, has probably had a blink phase at some point. Yeah. And if you didn't, I feel sorry for you, yeah, quite definitely. frankly. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I feel like everyone kind of had that phase and especially like in the nineties. Um, and it just, I guess it just kind of bled into, well, you know, we'll pick up an instrument and learn some power chords. Yeah. The whole whiny voicing is kind of, I don't want to say it's easy to do, but. Well, it's probably the most accessible for that age group because that's what your voice just sounds like. Yeah. I don't know. It's just very suited to high school and I guess. Well, I mean, I don't know what it was like, you know. I don't know what it was like to be in uni at the time that I was listening to punk, uh, pop punk. Yeah. I don't know how popular it would have been, but yeah, it just sort of seems like that was from movies anyway. That's, you know, it was all about high school and college. Yeah. These kinds of movies, so. It's funny, like... Sorry, I'm getting distracted by the rain. (laughs) What is wrong with me? Like... It feels like a lot of the time, pop punk, and I'm grossly generalizing here, but it feels like a lot of pop punk music slash bands, they reference milestones or like periods in their lives that are sort of outside of the reach of where they actually are when they wrote it. Yeah. Because like, I don't know, I remember being 14 and listening to these kinds of bands and being like, oh man, I totally feel that even though I had zero experience with like an actual relationship yeah. or anything like that. But then on the flip side, you see a lot of emo slash pop punk musicians who are old enough to be our dads or someone's dad. Yeah. Referencing things. Like young dads, but... Well, not for me anymore. I'm 30. I don't know. Could have been a teenage dad. I don't say Jordan Pundik from Newfound Glory being my dad. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> But like, well, one yeah, one criticism about Blink is that they, when they were in their twenties and thirties, they were still talking about dicks and farts, and... or they were talking about like being in college and like oh, yeah. high school romances and stuff. It's like, but you're too old for that. <laughs> it's funny how like they sort of, yeah, they sort of sing and write and perform around those ages, like this weird sort of anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I had two cups of coffee today, and I'm not normally that person that's like, oh, I'm wired, but, like, I was walking home from the train, I had this very distinct feeling of, like, my brain wanted to walk faster than my legs could walk, and I think I'm still feeling that a bit, although dinner has sort of absorbed the caffeine a bit. You should go up and do some jumping jacks. <laughs> I remember feeling, I remember when I was in high school, and I was there was one particular night where I was feeling really ill. Yeah. And it was at a period where a lot of it was maybe psychosomatic, like with maybe in my head, like maybe I was just very anxious. You know, it was the last year of high school and I was sort of feeling sick. And so I had dinner and I was feeling really unwell. And mum was like, just go outside and do some jumping jacks. (laughs) Just take your mind off it. Did it work? I didn't go out and do jumping jacks (laughs) because I felt ill. I'd eaten dinner and was feeling ill, was worried that I was feeling ill. And there she is. She's like, just kind of do some jumping jacks. <laughs> I love that that was her advice. I'm going to use that now. Whenever I'm feeling anxious, I'm going to do some jumping jacks and see what happens. Yeah. But... Even on a full stomach, go do it. Oh, man. Me and my friend in high school, we used to eat like copious amounts of food for dinner whenever our families met up for dinner and then go on her trampoline afterwards so like I'm sure my stomach could probably handle it still. Yeah probably. So that was our way of sort of like tamping it all down so we had room for dessert. Yeah go out and spew a little bit. And... Not even spew just like like gravity. Just, like yeah gravity. just sort of <laughs> push it down the digestive system. So it was like a plunger in your in your body. Yeah. Sort of. 
could have done without the sound effects, but yes. Uh, the sound effects made it. Yes. I feel like we have very much gone off on a tangent. That's fine. We'll probably <laughs> go off on a few more. <laughs> but, yeah. So in the uh, subject of the email... That... That Matthew K... Watts. Watts sent to Kenny Vasily. Is it Vasily or Vasoli? Vasoli. Well, know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay. Sorry, guys. I'm just shifting around. Vasily. I promise that wasn't a fart. It was just me moving. Uh, Watts asked Vasily if he was interested in jamming and shit. Verbatim. So did the, it literally just say jamming and shit? Jamming and shit. <laughs> That's kind of great. So they, they did start off with a different name. Mm-hmm. And that name was Sunday Drive. Yeah. But they had to change their name when they learned there was a Christian rock band with the same name. Damn. And I wrote again, those Christian, those Christians taking everything good about Sundays. I mean, there's also Taking Back Sunday. I don't think they're Christian. Okay, yeah. No. Oh, there you go. They took back Sunday. Well, yeah. For people who don't want to, you know, spend their day in church. Hey, yeah. There you go. Well, shit. <laughs> they uh, they saw a little bit of fame, notoriety, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure they probably saw a fair bit of it, but their song "Up and Go" featured on the trailer for the Amanda Bynes vehicle. She's the man. Is really Viola getting jealous because she wants Duke, who thinks she's a guy? Okay, okay. Um. And this is where it gets really complicated. Excuse me, doofus. Boy. Sexual tension, male-female dynamics, all part of the high school experience. Love is pain. I hate high school. Is it just me or does this soccer game have more nudity than most? This spring. I'm not really good at talking to girls. Why? You're hot. What? <clears throat> You're an appealing guy. Man. Guy, guy man. The secret is out. Amanda Bynes, Alex Breckenridge, Channing Tatum, Robert Hoffman, Vinny Jones, Laura Ramsey, and David Cross. I got lady troubles. I got a lifetime of knowledge. She's the man. Have, have you seen She's the Man? I have. I remember very much enjoying it, but I was also like maybe 13, 14, so I imagine my tastes weren't that refined. <laughs> I don't know how funny or not funny it is these days. I'd be sort of curious to watch it again, but also probably not. So, like, you can. you. It was in the same time, so what was it, 2003? Was it She's the Man? Ooh. I don't know, it was like 2006. It was kind of in the same time frame as the Lindsay Lohan movies. Yeah. So, like, Mean Girls and Freaky Friday. But the thing is, those two... Well, I only only saw Freaky Friday a couple years ago, but Mean Girls still holds up. Oh, it's so good. Mean Girls is still a really good movie. Yeah. Probably because it was written by Tina Fey. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. But, yeah, I did not realise that... She's the Man was as late as 2006, but there you go. Um, it's a Shakespeare story, isn't it? Yeah, it's one of those ones that's actually like a bloody thing. Like, like 10 Things I Hate About You. Yeah. Another movie that really holds up. Yeah, that is a good movie. Mm. I can't think what the Shakespeare story is that they're referencing. Let me check. So, um, 10 Things I Hate About You is Taming of the Shrew. Yeah, but this but She's, she's the, man. the Man. Oh, Twelfth Night. Which I couldn't even begin to tell you what yeah. the... Oh, Channing Tatum was in it. I'd forgotten that. Oh, wow. All the more reason to give it a rewatch. Sure. I like Channing. Yeah. What's Channing doing lately? Oh, he's just announced Magic Mike, the production, coming oh, over here. I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. He's not on the podcast. That's what he's not doing. I know. We should get him on the pod. Yeah. He would not be interested, I <laughs> No. Not, not interested to deal with our shit. <laughs> so, this gets me really excited. Yes. Okay. In 2005... Yes. The starting line... Yes. ...co-headlined the Nintendo Fusion Tour with Fallout Boy. Yep. I had completely forgotten that the Nintendo Fusion Tour was a thing that existed. Yeah, because you knew about it, like... Because it was on uh, My Chemical Romance DVD, wasn't it? Yeah, it was on, um... Oh, fuck. What is that fucking DVD called? You probably have it. I do. Life on the Murder Scene. I was watching it the other day. There um, you go. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about it until you 
were researching the Nintendo Fusion tour and then brought up a clip on YouTube from Life on the Murder Scene. So, like, just a whole thing that had completely blocked out of my mind. But then again, like, a lot of things have just disappeared from my brain. It was really interesting watching that bit. From, like, I watched a couple of bits of um, the Nintendo Fusion tour on YouTube. Yeah. They had a... It was basically... So it was the latest one. So I think it was 2006 when the Wii was being... I think the Wii was about to be released, but it was showing all the Wii games yeah. that were coming out while Hawthorne Heights was playing. <laughs> and it was kind of wild to watch. So I think 2004-ish was when My Chemical Romance, or to like 2003-2004 mm. was when My Chemical Romance played for it. Played yeah. it. And it was when they... So was it Three Tears for Sweet Revenge? Yeah, would have been. Had been released and they were about to blow up. Yeah. They were about to explode. And there's bits where... And I'm and I am sure that it's coming from the DVD itself. This bit, and it's someone talking to them, going, "Yeah, you're going to have to travel here, and you're going to spend the day yeah, here." Tra- and you can sort manager. of see them going like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> yeah. So a lot of our life is going to be spent on planes and buses, and yeah, yeah. It's their manager being like, "So you're going to have to jump from this country to this country," and you can tell they're just like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, like it sounds cool. Until you really break it down and you don't have any time for loved ones and you don't, you know, you get a little bit of time to see places, but not really enough. Yeah. So to backtrack, the Nintendo Fusion Tour was exactly what it sounds like. Uh, Uh, It's it's great. So it ran between 2003 and 2006 and was literally rock music and video games fused into one, if you like. But it wasn't rock music, it was scene music. Well, yeah. Mostly. I say, I sort of put the... the, the well, I kind of took it from um, the Wikipedia page. Yeah. So, yeah, sponsored by Nintendo. They featured, I guess, yeah, more like pop-punk slash emo bands that were sort of up and coming for their time. Yeah. Um, But then a lot of those bands ended up being quite significant. So, f- for example, Evanescence, My Chemical Romance, Fallout Boy, Anne Boleyn, Panic at the Disco, Story of the Year, Motion City Soundtrack, Boys Not Out, Hawthorne Heights, Reliant K, Emery, Plain White Tees, and, of course, The Starting Line. So, basically, like, the kind of tour that I would have given my right arm oh. to go to. <laughs> oh, in high school, it was, Gosh. for me, it was, it was yeah... It was scene music and video games. How yeah. how how did that only survive three years? I know. I how wonder, is that not still going? I wonder what happened. I wonder what happened where it didn't work. I don't see if I was to throw a bit of a guess yeah. at it. Um, with the Wii. Now I'm sort of going off my. <laughs> I'm sort of going off my brain. Yes. So the Wii was a like massively successful console. One of the most successful consoles of all time. Yes. Their big push at that point as well was playing with the family. Right. You couldn't really have a band like... And I only rediscovered them through looking at this, but I used to love the band Boys Night Out. Yeah. In high school. Yep. You can't really have a band like Boys Night Out singing a lyric like Drag My Corpse to the City. I never got to visit. Yeah. You, know, you can't really have a band singing shit like that when you're trying to be the family-friendly console, when you're <laughs> trying to be the one that's like, hey, we appeal to everyone. I I yeah. wouldn't be surprised. And look, maybe it was also the kids at the time just getting a bit older and thinking, well, no, we're more into your, your Gears of Wars and your Halos and... You know, your more mature games. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I don't know. I, Yeah, so the more I interrogate it, it makes l- even less sense. Like, increasingly less sense that Nintendo partnered with this genre. Like, yeah. not that it's like an evil genre by any stretch of the imagination. But no, like, it's not like Nintendo pairing with black metal or anything. But like... <laughs> Wouldn't they have just gone for, like, top 40 kind of stuff, even? Yeah. Or, like, I don't know. But I just, I love that this is a thing that happened. It's similar to, like, Taste of Chaos and those sort of ones that 
lived for a brief sparkling moment and then they were gone. And like, I wish I had been to Taste of Chaos over here. Yeah. I just I regret, I kind of regret not going to Taste of Chaos. Uh, but like, yeah. I guess like Warped ultimately just took over every other iteration of Warped-esque kind of tours. Like they didn't need anything else. Yeah, but we don't get Warped over here. We got it for like a year, didn't we? We had it for a couple because I believe my brother went to a Warped oh, or two. what? Jealous. I think James went, my friend James went too. Yeah. As well. And he said, you know, you'd, you'd see bands and then you could go see skateboarding. Oh, man. Back when I think it was the idea of it, it was a, it was a skateboarding and music. Yeah. Festival. The, yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, I do feel like we were deprived of like teenage years going to Warped and not being able to wait for... The summer at the warp tour. <laughs> I was talking to my brother about. I think he saw Goldfinger at some festival in like Lawn or something or Torquay. What? It was like yeah, it was just a festival like that. It wasn't Falls. No. Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. It, I mean, it was something from the late nineties. Yeah. Yeah. That's bonkers. But yeah, just we wanted to bring up the fact that. Nintendo Fusion was a thing. Oh, it was so... How wonderful. So It was so wild to look at. Because I think they would release a compilation CD of all the bands they Yeah. Had. And so it was wild to see My Chemical Romance and plastered above them was Nintendo Fusion. <laughs> Just absolutely buck wild. Yeah. Like Miyamoto, get that shit back together again. Mm-hmm. We should also note that the year... That the starting line co-headlined with Fallout Boy on the Nintendo Fusion tour. One of the games that they were plugging at the time was our boy Tony Hawk's American Wasteland. Such a good soundtrack. Which includes punk covers. Exactly. It's fuck. That's well. That's what we're going to talk to to Tony Hawk about. Yes, we are going to. We're going to manifest it. We Um, need to. We need to really invest in the secret. We will put up a, a vision board. Of the Birdman himself. We need to do good deeds to generate oh, good energy. We do need to do good deeds for that, don't we? Yes. Alright. We can talk about this off mic. <laughs> we're not actually going to we're not actually going to invest in the secret. No. We're not actually gonna do that. Unless it works, in which case. It doesn't work. Just be good for the sake of being good because it's how we should treat each other. Yes. And if we ask a lot of times, I'm sure we can get Tony Hawk on. Yes. That was my chair. Yes. So, what is your relationship with the starting line? I have zero relationship with the starting line. I believe you have a little bit more of a relationship with the starting line. Very, 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 very um, casual relationship. The Best of Me is such a good song. I listened to that, and it is a very good song. It's one of those ones that keeps cropping up on, like, I'm that classic person who literally just listens to, like, the same shit I've listened to since I was a teenager on Spotify, just on a loop all the time. Yeah. So whenever I've got, like, a Best of Emo playlist or something on, it always comes up. And I don't know if it's my brain sort of filling in the gaps and being like, oh, yeah, I knew this song back then. Yeah. Even though I might not have, or if I genuinely did know it when I was a kid, but it's just one of those iconic songs. Like, it's so, so good. Um, and it's interesting because the song that we are talking about today, Playing Favourites, came off an EP, uh, the Make Yourself at Home EP, which also contained an acoustic cover of The Best of Me, which would have been such a good candidate for Punk Goes Acoustic. I know. I listened to that and then listened to this, and I. Just sort of thought, why are we getting this and not that? Yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty much my relationship with the starting line is that that one song rips. Um, I yeah, I listened to the EP in full on the way home, mostly because it was raining and I didn't want to be dicking around on my phone, so I just turned it on, stuffed it in my bag, and kept walking. And yeah, I agree with you. Like it's perfect music for this kind of day. Like it was the perfect ambiance for walking home in the rain it was kind of wholesome and like a little bit sad at times but some really lovely little hooks and lovely little sentiments coming through the lyrics and made me feel a bit better about the fact that 
climate change is well and truly upon us. Um, but yeah, of all of the songs on that EP, this is the least interesting one. Yeah. 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 I mean, Kenny Vassily said it. It's a song about the prettiest girl in California. Yeah. So, to give a bit more context, so the Make Yourself at Home EP was an all-acoustic compilation by the band. This is one of those cases where this is not a cover of... Anything. It's it's an acoustic original, and that's happened before. We've had it happen before. Um, yeah. But, and like, it's it's okay, but like, we, well, I listened to it just before we started recording again, I've already forgotten the verses. Like, I think I remember the chorus a bit. I think it's more stuck in my head because I had it... I had a kind of long shower a couple of days ago. And I, just, <laughs> and I just had it as... I selected a song on Spotify. Yes. So when you do that, it just loops. Yes. And so, yeah, I probably listened to it, like, four or five times. You were doing the Emma method of absorbing... Music. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a good environment to just really get into the groove of a song. Yeah, no, it is. Yeah. You know, I sort of, I'm at my most vulnerable at that stage. <laughs> and, you know, my shell is down and the music <laughs> can can get into my, my soft carapace. When you say my shell is down, I just picture Zoidberg. <laughs> <laughs> when, he, when he removes the shell. And he's just like this pink, like, well, not pink, like... Less pink, like, goopy sort of... I have to let my skin breathe. <laughs> Why not Zoidberg? <laughs> um, but no, for anyone listening at home, if you just want to get into the groove of a song and really feel the intrinsic meaning that it's projecting onto the universe, just jump in the shower and listen to it on a loop. I used to... I had a, I had a little... Not a boombox, per se, but I had a little CD player. Yeah. And when I was feeling like in a really, you know, I don't know if like vulnerable or kind of defenseless state or whatever, or maybe I was just like trying to live some sort of glory or I would uh, play music really loud in the bathroom. Yeah. While taking a shower. Sick. For a long time. Yeah. And there was no closing door on the bathroom. <laughs> We had a door, but it was a sliding door. Yep. And it allowed all the noise to come out. So I'm sure I infuriated, infuriated my parents <laughs> with just the shit that I listened to. Oh man, same. Not but necessarily in the shower, just all the time. I would like. I I used to. I used to think it was really cool. Like I used to love having a hot shower and steaming up the bathroom. <laughs> You still steam up the bathroom. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think it's cool because it makes mold. Yeah. But I would just. I would just steam up the bathroom, and I'm. I'm shocked that that CD player. I think that mum and dad still have it. I'm shocked that that CD player never blew a fuse or anything <laughs> with all that moisture in the bathroom. I'm almost certain that's how I've destroyed at least one of my previous phones. Yeah, that it's would just be water how you, damage. That yeah. would be how you've destroyed one of your previous phones. Uh... It doesn't help that I had it down my bra. I think at Green Day, and then I got wet, and then, yeah, rip. But, oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So no best absorption method for music. Shower is the shower. Yeah. I also, I mean, I give it both methods. I listen to it out loud, and I also listen to songs in my head with my head. Songs that we do. Yeah, see, I need to do that. Yeah, because you pick up on other stuff that you don't with with the headphones. Yeah. So just when you're walking to work, mm. when you're walking to the train, just just listen to it once, and you pick up on yeah. little bits. Little bits. Little bits. Um, it looks like you have actual uh, notes beyond me just being like my thoughts. Yes. My thought pad. I feel like we need to have like some sort of classical music. Just gently in the background while you read from your notepad. Dear diary, today I wrote about the starting line and Emma laughed at me. <laughs> then I cried a little bit and unloaded my weeping soul onto these pages. Yes, they are moist with my tears. Goodbye, diary. I love you. That was beautiful. Now, what are your thoughts? Um, 
the rapid part sounds like it would it was a reject from a pop punk song like it should be palm muted and distorted you know the like i don't know how to roll my r's anymore that does my head in anyway i was trying to like i was gonna do it but i could not think of a word that started with r roll rudebaker it's like in, um, oh, I want to say House of Wolves by My Chemical Romance. I think that's what it's called. Um, there's this bit where Gerard is like, ashes to ashes, but then he said, like, I said, ashes to ashes, but he rolls the, like, ashes. Like, I can't roll my R. Where's the R in ashes to ashes? It's as if he's saying, like, I said rashes to ashes, but it's just him. Rashes. Like, yeah. It's so good. I wish I could. I used to be able to roll my R's when I was a kid, and now I can't. I don't think he does it all the time, but Trevor from Black Dahlia Murder rolls his R's sometimes during his screams. That's cool. Right. Right, right, right. That's cool. <laughs> so, in the lyrics, he's wanting her to wait for him. Yes. But he's also cool with it if she doesn't. Is it progressive, or is he sort of putting a guilt trip on her, like, oh, that's fine if you don't wait for me, I'll just move to California and be alone, because you're my favourite thing about it. Um. How is this supposed to be seen? Are you, is this a rhetorical question? No, this okay. is a question. I think. It's not a rhetorical. Rhetor- uh... Rhetorical. <laughs> I. I'm not going to do that joke anymore. Good. Um. I sort of read it. Similar to, like, like a much less dramatic version of, like, say, I think it's Your So Last Summer by Taking Back Sunday. Like, the truth is you could slip my throat, and then with my one last gasping breath, I'd apologise for bleeding on your shirt. Like, Mm -hmm. I read this as, like, a very, very sanitised version of that sort of not wanting to be a burden on someone else. And it is in, like, a self-pitying kind of way, but also when you're so absorbed in like how fucked up your life is even though you mean it to be like a a thoughtful thing that you're not wanting to impose on anyone else it is still very self-centered does that make sense Mm. like sort of falling over yourself to not be a burden instead of just being like hey wait for me yeah but it also maybe like the way i sort of look at it is maybe they're not a thing maybe it's you know, he's into her, maybe she's into him, and she's sort of saying, hey, wait for me, you know, if you don't, okay. Yeah. I do really love the hook of wait for me to move out west, like, when it kicks in. Oh, so good. Yeah, I... (laughs) Just the look on your face, like, Sam just furrowed his brow, like... (laughs) No, sorry, I was just getting, um... I'm just getting times or, like, dates, because I think the years... I think he's probably only, like, 18 or so? Uh, so, so this was released in 2002. Yes, he was about 18. So it is kind of... It is very, I guess, mature for his age. Because, you know, it would be a case of, like, no, no, wait for me. I will be ruined if I get there and find out that you're with someone else. Yeah. You know, and and there is a lot of this, especially in this sort of scene, there is a lot of that, you know. Yeah. You're my one and only. You're the only person that I that I can love and you're supposed to be with me and fuck you for not wanting to be with me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I'm harping on that or not. I mean... Like, lyrics are there to be interpreted to some degree, so you're not. Yeah. But, I don't know. I do, yeah, I do really love the chorus. Like, it's sort, well, not it's not sort of basic, it's just... This is a really basic song. Yeah. Like, a really basic song. Yeah, basic. Um, but it's, it's kind of cute, like... Yeah, it's definitely the... I guess sweetest yeah. of the acoustic songs that we've done. Yeah. To date. To date. 
Um, yeah, there's just something really cute about... I don't know. Like, just to read out the chorus. Wait for me to move out west. It's okay if you don't. I hope you know you're my favourite thing about the west coast. I wish I stayed. I hope you wait. So here I am, counting down the days till California comes. Like, it's very simple, but it's exactly the kind of thing that I would have just swooned over as a teen. Like, it's just so... Like, I do like the simplicity of, like, wait for me to move out west. It's okay if you don't. Like... Yeah. Sort of laying it all out there, like, so here's how I feel, but also take it or leave it. Like... Yeah. It doesn't need to be this overwrought sort of thing. It's just like, yep, so I miss you. If you find someone else in that t- in the meantime, then look, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, I, but I love you. You're my favourite thing about that place. Yeah. I'd like to know why it's called Playing Favourites. Because there's no... This isn't one of those songs where it sort of references the title. Not that that's particularly common. Or uncommon. It's just a thing that sometimes happens. Yeah, I mean, the obvious thing is that she's his favourite thing about the West Coast. Yeah. But playing favourites more infers that there's maybe another person. Yeah, that's true. Involved. There may be a third person involved. Yeah. You know. And they are playing favourites with this person or... Yeah. What not. I don't know. I kind of feel like, you know, listening to their other stuff, their pop punk stuff, I feel like it very much suits him. Yeah. I feel here, though, yeah, the chorus is good, but the verses are kind of flat for me. Yeah, that's... They're kind of the most boring pop punk voice. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, the voice is fine. It reminds me of um, Newfound Glory a bit, just the enunciation. Yeah, a lot, yeah. Um, but I agree, like, I really love the chorus, but the verses, I'm just kind of like, eh. Like, I truly, like, gun to my head, cannot recall them. Yeah. Like, and for some reason I have, I think it's only one by Yellow Card in my head instead, and <laughs> that's not, like, it's just... You know what I had... Yes. Last week when we did Everlong. Yes. And I was I was trying to place the opening guitar riff. Yeah. The intro. And I kept getting that confused with The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> Sick. Kept getting that. put. I kept putting those together. And it didn't quite work. Look. And, and that happens to me a lot, actually. Look. You'll get to a point where you can focus solely on the one song, but I'll just tell you one thing. It just takes some time. What's that a reference to? It's a reference to Jimmy Eat World's The Middle. okay. (laughs) I'm just gonna... I just know the chorus. Yeah, which starts with, it just takes some time. (laughs) Little girl, you're in the middle of the line. Ride. Ride. Well, she's, she had to line up to get on the ride anyway. <sighs> Unless there was no one waiting. Um, I think I honestly prefer the more sadder acoustic songs, though. I feel like it shows more depth. I, I, I kind of want... And that's where The Best of Me would have been the best option for this, because we could have two songs to go back and forth like well, bounce yeah, off. that's the ultimately that's the downside of this is we don't have a point of comparison, and and I think that's also where it just sort of falls flat. Is there is no, there's nothing to go. Okay, let's do this thing that's heavier and try and you know throw a bit of nuance to it. I think <clears throat> yeah, like I do find it interesting in cases where the band does offer up just a one-off sort of acoustic song, like yeah. it's not a cover. Because to me that sort of defeats the purpose of... And it wasn't even for... No. The album, it was Which just... that happened with the last one we looked. I can't remember what it was, but it wasn't even like a... Yeah. ...thing that appeared elsewhere. No, wait, it wasn't a thing that... No, they did it for yeah, the acoustic sorry, yeah. album. Um, I don't know. Like, almost tempted to just record a bonus episode at some point where we do compare the two best of me's. Yeah. Because... 
there's a lot to unpack in those two, I reckon. No, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's more depth to, I guess, the sadder songs. Um, Mm. Well, I just, I like having meat to unpack. I like to hear how they reinterpret songs. Yeah. They just being the punk goes family in general. But you know what? The acoustic versions or the acoustic albums. I don't want, I was going to say they piss me off. They don't piss me <laughs> off. But it was it was the idea of. So we talked about Everlong again. Last week was Everlong. Yes. And we discussed that they for years they only played Everlong as an acoustic song. I would be furious that first time around seeing Foo Fighters thinking, "Cool, they're they're about to play Everlong," and they whip out the acoustic guitars. Like, fuck you, dude. Play it with the whole band. That's what I want to hear it as. And it's kind of... and It's alright with this because, you know, we can say, alright, here's the original and here's the acoustic version. But it is that idea of, you know... It's the whole thing, like, why we didn't go to that last Prince show was because it was just a piano show. Yeah. And I don't want to say just a piano show, but I would have... Had I have known, of course I would have gone to see that last Prince show. Yeah. But I, I saw it went... Yeah, I think it's mostly just him on the piano, though. Yeah, yeah. I want to hear the full band. And I miss the rest of the band members in a lot of these songs. Yeah, that's true. You know, it's good to have these little... It's good to have these ones because they sort of do, you know, give us a bit of a breather. Mm. We don't have to unpack as much. We don't have to put as much in. But I don't know. I, I, yeah... Yeah, look, there are... I feel like there are instances where an acoustic version doesn't necessarily enhance, but it complements the original. Yeah. But, yeah, generally speaking, off the top of my head, I can't think of an acoustic rendition of a song where I've been like, that's way better. Mm. And that's fine. Like, they ultimately serve different purposes, but... It's hard to... It's hard to say, like, a song that's got a full band, it's hard to say, yeah, the one that's just a dude with a guitar is better, Mm. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. And that's probably really, that probably sounds really ignorant on me, I don't know. But I've never been one for this kind of music. That's, yeah. Well, yeah, you're kind of predisposed to not be a huge fan of it then. True. Yes. I mean, it's the same with, you know, you're sort of predisposed to not like things with screaming in. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, exactly. We will get to return to the starting line, I think, at least twice? Yeah. They do appear on a couple of other Punk Goes comps. They were on the first pop. Yes, and also Punk Goes 90s. They do a really good cover on Punk Goes Pop. Yes. Um, We're both furiously trying to find that right now. Well, I'm not, because we're not talking about it yet. But... Oh, okay. Well, I am, <laughs> and I won't, but I won't talk about it. Um, yeah. I Yeah, I don't know. Maybe should we have the time slash inclination to record a few bonuses here and there? We could do a bonus on The Best of Me. I think we need to figure out how we're going to tackle the Japanese extras first. Yeah, that's true. And then we can figure out The Best of Me. Yes. Um... This is all very interesting talk for everyone listening. So interesting. So I feel like we're kind of done. We got 46 minutes. Yeah, we can stretch it out to about 50. You know I can stretch. No, I I mean once we add the music in. Ah. Yes. (laughs) We do not need to burden the listener any more than we already have. Let's not pat it out. I feel like we've had a good discussion. Yeah. We've talked enough about the song. It's look when we actually talk about, you know, a cover that they're doing. Yes, we will. And it's kind of interesting though. Like we won't be so much talking about the band then. You know, about their jamming and shit. Yes. Um. It will just be yeah, dealing with you know more interesting stuff. I guess we'll be able to unpack it more. Yeah, is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah. Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Nah. I'll give it a yeah. Yeah. It's not a bad song. It's not a terrible... It's not a bad song at all. It's just a... It's a mediocre song. 
it probably ranks lowest so far in my mind for the acoustic songs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I I look. I appreciate the niceness of it and the cuteness of it. Yes, I just remembered one acoustic cover that's better than the original for me is the Dance Gavin Dance one that we did. That's right. We did do an acoustic version of that. And that was a really good story of my bros. That was a really good cover. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. And we should note an industry insider of ours um, who has toured with Dance Gavin Dance before. He um, literally had just been touring Dance Gavin Dance. They know they know the, the person we're talking about is Jason. Yes, I know. But Jason, shout out to you, Jason. Um, yeah, he was literally touring Dance Gavin Dance like the week that we released the episode or like yeah. the week before. And he mentioned that he had been chatting to them about their Story of My Bros cover. And the like, even though we were sort of carrying on like, oh, like I wonder what the reasoning was behind them like not having the pussy wallet bit. Well, yeah. I don't know. We were sort of poking fun at that. It's literally just because they're not allowed to swear. Oh, something. I think it was just something to do with swearing. It's so weird. Yeah. I don't know. It's I feel so like weird. I could have told that whole anecdote so much better, but that's fine. <laughs> you did good. Uh, you did good. So I hope I told that properly, and I'm not just like putting words in um Jason's Jason's mouth. But yeah. Anywho. So, so the listener has survived this one. They have. And they're going to have to survive next week's one as well. Yes. Because next week's song is Survivor by yes. Destiny's Child, as covered by Knockout from Punk Goes Pop One. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, fuck, are you still recording? Yeah. Jesus Christ. But... I was about to stop, then you were like, um. <laughs> Let's just, yeah. Put me, out of my, put me out of my Abort. misery. Abort. <laughs>